another edition of the Lakers Locker Room. I'm your co-host, Tejon Graham. Alongside me is my guy, the one, the only, Mr. Jason Little. Jason, how are you doing today, my man? Fantastic. Thank you, Tejon. So today we got another guest for you guys here today. My man is going to his third year at Nipissing. You know, the world knows him as Lai Jabate, but all the guys that are close to him knows him as Chief, or as you say, AI Chief, or Chifo. So yeah, my guy, welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks for having me. So let's get into it. So 2020 was obviously a mess of a year. We obviously didn't have a 2020-21 season. We're over halfway through 2021. What would you say has been the biggest thing you learned about yourself over this whole period of time? The biggest thing I learned about myself is that, you know, if I put my mind to anything, I can get it done. Because quarantine, there's a lot of stuff that people were just sitting at home, but I was trying to just better myself in any way. So I got a lot of things done. I learned a lot. Yeah, well, yeah, 2020, 21, we thought we were going to, hopefully, we're hoping we're going to have a season, didn't have a season. I know how hard you worked, so how hard was it when you found out last year that we weren't going to have a season, especially at the time when we were practicing a little bit? Truthfully, I wasn't mad at all because, yo, like, my first year shooting 20% from the field, 27% from the three, like, I needed this year to, like, get everything correct, get everything right, get better. So it was just like, I was I was happy, you know, like I can't even lie, I was very happy. I was like, okay, perfect. God's giving me a year, my third year, yo, you gotta, you gotta be better, have to, no matter what. Yeah, just out of curiosity though, cause I've talked, we talked about this with Q and Shannon on the last season. How far do you think the team would have gone had there been a season last year? Just based on what you saw in practice and scrimmaging all the type of stuff. Like how do you, how far do you think the team would have gone as constructed last year? Well, this is obviously like a biased question and stuff, but um, obviously I think that we would have met, like went very far, like probably finals. You know, I like to say win, but I'd say like high playoffs, maybe finals, you know? Yeah, I was thinking, I told him last season, I honestly thought we were definitely gonna make playoffs and I thought we could have contended for Nationals. I remember Shannon was saying, you know, sometimes you gotta get wishful thinking. Like, I don't blame you. Like you don't go into a season as competitors thinking, oh, you know, we might make playoffs or, oh, we might win exactly. a championship. You don't think like that. And if you are thinking like that, then why are you playing sports? It's like. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you can't have that season. But we do have word now that there is going to be a 21-22 season. So talk a bit about how what you're expecting, you know, what you've been working on and just how excited you are for a 21-22 season. I'm excited. Uh, I'm expecting to be, like, very hard because, you know, everyone has a year off. Everyone's been working. You know, we have some nice, some good recruits, everything. Like, everyone's looking good. Like, I'm expecting us to go to Nationals for sure, you know, but everyone's expecting that. So we just have to lock in and, you know, get better together. That's how I'm feeling. <laughs> what are your personal goals for going to this year? Like, what do you, what would you say is the, the aspect of the team that you really want to look to make an impact, whether it's the defensive end, your three-point shooting, leadership. Like for you personally, what would you say is the biggest aspect that you want to make an impact on this team this year? Me personally, yo, everything. Like when I say that, I mean it, yo. I need to get my three-point percentage, like, yo, to like 40. I need to average like four steals, like, yo, six assists, and just, yo, like everything. I need to be a better leader. I just, like, my game is not good enough for me to not improve everything, you know? I need to get better at everything no matter what it is talking like just watching film everything yeah you've been here for two years now just on so have I like we always have a lot of you know young guys coming in this year based on your experience you know when we go you know when training camp happens and you know when we start the season 
what's based off of your experience, what's the probably the top three advice you would give to the new players coming in, in terms of how to you know deal with secondary basketball? Uh, really, I only have one thing to say is just, you know, you got to work hard. You just, you have to work harder than the next guy ahead of you. There's no, there's no other way to, you know, say it. There's no other excuses. You have to work hard because, you know, there's guys like me, I'm not going to let a rookie take my spot. You know, I'm going to come work as hard as I need to. And he should be working even harder than me. So I just you got to work hard. Anything you do, you got to work hard. <laughs> I was thinking about this um, for a while. Like, I would say the top three things I'm going to tell all the guys that I knew coming in this year are, like you said, work hard, enjoy the process, but most importantly, always put the team first. Like the perfect example could be, you can be a 25 point per game scorer and your team's like one in 20, or say you're like nine points, four rebounds, three assists, a block is still, you're six men off the bench and your team's like 17 to five, you guys got a chance to win a championship. Like which one do you want? Yeah. And I feel like based on my experience in the first year that I made a bad mistake of going into it, say, okay, I need to average this amount of points and this amount of rebounds and not actually seeing, okay, what does the team actually need? Because I was so focused saying, no, 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 I can do this, I can do that. And I was like, oh, man, I, we already got guys that can do that. Like, hey, we need you to play defense. All right, play defense. We need you to rim run. Like, coach is always on my butt saying, yo, run the floor. Like, I wasn't trying to do that. So, like, I would just think the biggest advice would be, you know, like, just always put the team first. Like, whatever the team needs, just do it. Yeah, that's also a very good point because it's also, like, whatever coach needs you to do, it doesn't matter if you think you can do this. If coach tells you, yo, do this, you got to do it. Like, it's whatever the team needs, you got to do it. The best you can. That. Cardio <laughs> up, bro. My yeah. biggest mistake for all my years was <laughs> trash cardio, man. Run as friends and suicides and you're dying halfway through. Oh, plays a role. <laughs> the feeling, bro. Trust me. We know the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> nah, the best fact is like, yeah, Chief already said, if you're not in shape, yeah, like it's just, it's yeah. tough. It's hard if you're not in shape. Oh, yeah. And that's why, like, I was pushing myself so hard this year to make sure I'm in good shape because I made the terrible mistake last year of I was getting, I was in decent shape, but those last four days before I came up to North Bay around the time, that's when I got complacent. Like, I was saying, oh, I got to pack and, oh, I got to buy this. So, like, those three or four days, like, I wasn't really working out that much. So, when I came back, it was like, oh, crap. Like, all the work I was putting in, like, it didn't matter because those three to four days before I came, I was complacent. Now, this year, is like, nah, you can't do that. Yeah, I think just the whole mentality for everyone has changed just because, like you said, we had a year off. So you really got to see, okay, what do you got to work on? You know, where can I improve? Like you said, you want to focus on, you know, your shot. You know, we obviously know that Q and Shadow guy, you know, you're going to be next up with the point guard position. So obviously you're trying to be a better facilitator, be a better leader and all that type of stuff. So I really think that everyone had the opportunity to really see where they can plug themselves in on the team and really be successful. And I'm just excited to see everyone come back. I'm just excited to see how this team looks you know gels and all that stuff especially since hey we got carlton first two games a weekend two-time national champions like we gotta be ready like we gotta be ready from now because <laughs> they're ready i bet you they're ready already the last time <laughs> man they got some guys in cbr right now hooping against pros like, exactly. exactly so but I, they're, they're ready trust me they're ready still but now let's switch gears so you're born in liberia you moved to canada from around the age of three Talk about the whole transition period when you first came to Canada. Like, what was growing up like for you? Uh, for me, it honestly wasn't that tough because, yo, you know, when you come, you're young. Like, you just you just adapt and learn everything quick. So, you know, I always had friends, people around me. It was easy. We had people helping us. Like, 
understand English and stuff because my parents don't, they didn't know English, right? So I don't know, it's been kind of like good because you're obviously not in Africa struggling, you know, you're in Canada living your life. So like that's the biggest, like the best part about it. Yeah, you said you were, you were in PEI first and then you moved to Kitchener? Yeah, for like maybe like a couple years, but I don't really remember much of it because I was super young. So we lived there for maybe about like two to three years. And from what I can remember, it was nice, you know, like it's a good place, but I don't remember much. <laughs> how, how did you get into basketball? How did I get into basketball? Well, everyone like, you know, there's a lot of kids, everyone outside is just running around the playground. People are playing basketball, people are doing this. And like a lot of my older cousins, like they played basketball. So one day they just, he's just like, yo, we're going to, to the court. And I'm like, we're going to the court? Like, yo, what are you talking about going to the court? And he just, yo, he forced me to do drills with him. And yo, I just loved it from then. <laughs> is, is basketball the only sport you've played or was there any other sport you kind of grew into young? And I was, I was good at football, but you know, you kind of have to decide what you want to do. So I just yeah. I picked basketball because it's like, that was my first, my first love. <laughs> when did you make that decision? Like eight, nine, high school. When did you make that decision of basketball? I started playing basketball and football like at 12. So high school, I have a late birthday. So like grade eight. And I did them both in the grade eight. And then grade nine, you have to pick because the season's like uh, at the same time. So I'm like, oh, I'd rather do basketball for sure. And I just stopped with football from there. Yeah. So when you got to high school, I think you went to Eastwood, right? If I'm right. Eastwood. So talk a bit about your high school basketball experience. Like, what was it like playing high school basketball for you? Oh, it was like, I don't know. It was just high school basketball is high school basketball. You know, you go there, you know, you're the guy in your team. But I also had like a lot of great players at Eastwood. A lot of good players, you know, like I was just one of many. You know, but I always made sure I did what I needed to do to get on the floor. Like some games, I wouldn't, it, that means not scoring, you know, just being a, a point guard. That's what I did. If it means guarding the best player, that's what I did. You know, we always had good team, but we just couldn't, like, we couldn't end games. You know, we couldn't finish the games. And that's like one of the most important things in basketball. So we, I always had a good team. You know, I just, we just couldn't finish. Yeah. What, were you, what was one of your fondest memories of playing high school basketball? Like, did, you win, did you ever win any championships there or was there any games that you played that really stick out to you? Like what was your, I think we talked a little bit about this when we were in our first years, but talk a bit about, you know, some of your fondest memories that really stick out to you when you think of your high school basketball career. Me, truthfully, it wasn't even the basketball. Just, you know, like meeting new people, making your friends. It's because like I have like, I'm going to have lifelong friends just from basketball, you know, like the connection and stuff. Yeah, the basketball was nice, but like the connections I was making, it's like, wow, I'm meeting crazy people. Like, yo, some of the best people in my life right now because I met from basketball, you know? So it's just, I don't know, it's weird because <laughs> it's supposed to be about basketball, but it's like, for me, it was more about the connections and stuff. Yeah. I've been thinking about this question. I want to ask you, you know, NBA has a leaguer from Kitchen, Jamal Murray. Right. And when you look at basketball in this country, you know, a lot of it is based off, I think, probably like three main places, either Toronto, now Quebec and B.C. Yeah. And knowing playing against Kitchen Waterloo and obviously knowing some of the Hoopers there, there's a lot of great talent in Kitchen and Waterloo. Hmm. Why do you think when, it, when you think of the landscape of basketball Canada, that Kitchen Waterloo doesn't get the kind of respect that they deserve or the Hoopers that come from there kind of overlooked compared to those other three cities that I talked about? I mean, 
I don't feel like that were overlooked or disrespected because we have a lot of very good hoopers, but if you can't like work hard enough to go pro or go to the next level, then why do you need to be respected? You know, like there's all these great hoopers in high school, you know, like some people are even better than Jamal Murray when he was younger, but it's like, yo, he worked hard enough to get there. How come they didn't? So I don't think they were looked over or we deserve any deserve any respect because we can't finish. You know, you, you have to be a winner and then we're not winning. So there's no respect that we need until we can actually like everyone go pro or everyone do big things. Then we don't deserve no respect. I feel like. Do you think media had any play in it for when we were younger, like in our, our era of high school? Because in the States, all the mixtape companies on YouTube, it was all U.S. made players. Yeah, you know, I like, pull yeah. because they just like, I don't know, it's harder in Canada for sure, but there's all those scouts and stuff in the U.S. So they, of course, they're going to, they're like their players. They're not going to come like you know, all the way here for an average guy when there's like a bunch of average guys in the States. So, I mean, like it's fair, but it's also not fair, you know, because there's a lot of good players here that if they had that a little bit more exposure, they would be doing big things. So, yeah. It sucks, but yo, that's life. It is what it is. You touched on it just now, but what do you think it's going to take for, like you said, some of those guys to actually finish the job, right? There's so many contributing factors for people. I've known a lot of people, especially being from Toronto. I know a lot of people that were hoopers from like eight, nine, ten. They were the guy that once you get around, I've always said this, like you talked about ninth grade, you make that decision. I've always told younger kids, 10th grade is the year that you have to decide, like, are you going to play or are you not? Okay. Once you get to senior basketball, that's like the decision. That, okay, 10th grade is the last year. If you're doing it for fun, like, are you going to do it closely or do it not? So based on what you've seen, like we talked about, what do you think it's going to take for some of the Supers to get over the top or to finish the job, whether, you know, if it's like a prep program. I know a couple years ago there was a prep program. I think it was SJK that our boy Marcus played at. And yeah, I was yeah. talented over to play that. So like, what do you think it's going to take for Kitchen and Waterloops to have those Supers get over the top? I don't know. I feel like you, they just we just need to get away from the city, you know, because like life happens, you know, you can't control what happens in life. You know, some people make some bad decisions and that affects their basketball career. So I feel like you just, you just need like a good circle, people who you'll encourage you to just keep your head down and just focus on basketball because you know, there's always so much other stuff going on. But it's like. If you get caught up in that, your basketball career is like, that's the last thing you're thinking about, you know? So it's just that you need a good circle. You you may have to move away from home. A lot of people don't want to do that, but to, for the, us to get to that next level, like that's what we need to do. Everyone needs to be locked in. Everyone needs to be okay. Uh, I'm gonna take basketball serious. I'm a, I want to go to the next level. Not I want to go out and party. I want to go out and do this, or I want to go out and do that. So it's just, you got to stay focused, stay down and it'll work. <laughs> so you finished at Eastwood and then you were at Lincoln Prep for a little bit. It's crazy too because we were both at that um at that tournament at 2018. But Pretty good, yeah. I don't think I, I didn't play that game because I sprained my ankle the same day, which annoyed me. But um, I didn't play <laughs> on that team. So you were there for I think a short period of time, and then I think you went back to Eastwood. So talk about that you know, that experience that you were at Prep for a little bit. How come it didn't work out for you? Oh, uh, like in high school, I guess I was kind of. I was I was lazy. Like I won't even lie, I was lazy. And you know, like our coach, like he he had favorites. So like I'm the type of person that yo, I'm a, I'm do what I need to do. But like yo, if you're not even showing me no type of like okay, you're getting better or you're doing this or you're saying one thing, but you're showing me another thing. 
Like, and Eastwood, we had a great, great team. Like, you know, we, went, we made it to offsuts. So I'm like, yo, I don't need to be here doing all these things when I can go go back home, live at home, you know, work hard, go to offsuts, hopefully win the offsuts championship. And it just, it just wasn't working out for me. So I just, you know, packed my stuff and left. <laughs> now, I don't blame you because I definitely feel your point when you talked about, um, like, the favorites. Like, mm-hmm. when you go to prep programs, like, Especially if you're not a part of the um, the traveling team that's associated yeah. with the program, for example, like Bill Crothers is um as uh, what is it? Oh, Bill Crothers, Northern Kings, Thornley is Canada Elite. Yeah, like, yeah. Where I went, TBA is uh, BTB. So all these different places have like their traveling programs, and all those kids go to the school. So when you're not a part of any of those, and you're coming to that one year or two, whatever the case may be, yeah, there's gonna be favorites. Like I personally went through the same thing. I'm not gonna get too much into it, but. Yeah. I definitely feel what you're saying because there's a lot of, and that's the thing we talked about the two-in-one episode last year. There's a lot yeah. of politics in basketball. And there's a lot of, yeah. like, people, you're better than certain people, but because they have love for this person or because they've been through more with this person, they're giving this person more love. Like, there's just so much, especially in Toronto basketball, there's so much dumb politics. And you just wrap, you just can't wrap your head around, especially when you're prep. Like, you're 18 years old, you're trying to hoop. And that's the thing about prep basketball is, like, it's kind of hard to really build like genuine team chemistry because at the end of the day, all men, even though we're all wearing the same jersey, we're really not a team because we're both, we're all trying to play for ourselves, meaning we're all trying to play for our scholarship. Especially when once a coach, a D1 coach is in the gym, you're not trying to, you know, pass the ball or run the plays. Like, bro, if you get the ball, you're going to do your thing. (laughs) So it's like, it's, uh, yeah. So like anyone that goes to prep, it's like, unless you're like really associated with the program itself, it's going to be a hard time to, it's pretty pricey too. Like there's a hefty price tag on some of those programs. I was fortunate that um, TBA was only 4K. Like my parents can afford it, but I know some other programs are like 10K, 15K, 20K. We talked about with Jerice last year. Like some prep programs are just, and then you get there, and then um, I'll give you a perfect example. So one of the other schools I was looking at was Beast Prep. That was out of Hamilton, mm-hmm. and they were trying to charge 12K. And then good thing I didn't go there. Like I went to TBA for 4K. Yeah, and then I went to TBA for 4K. TBA like. The good thing about TBA was that everyone that went to TBA in my class got offers. So whether it was D1, nice. Juco, uh, U Sports, or everyone, everyone got something from the best guy to the worst guy. Beast Prep, yeah. after the first two MPA sessions, dropped out. <laughs> so could you imagine if I, my, I made my parents about 12K and then the, the team drops out? That would have been tough. Like, there's so many, there's so many things with prep basketball that's like, no, like... Uh. You gotta pick the right place and you gotta know the right people. Like I said, a lot of politics and basketball and basketball is a really shady business. But yeah, I feel like I feel like a lot of kids they get caught up in that, oh, it's a prep school, so I'm gonna go there. Like I'll be honest, even me, you know, when they reach out to me, I'm like, oh yo, it's a prep school. You know, yo, I can go here. Oh, they're selling me all these dreams and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, I can do this, I can do that. I'm like, oh, okay, like let me, you know, let me go try it out. But I always like I made sure my options are open, you know? I could always come back to Eastwood. So I was like, yo, let me go try it out. And I wasn't liking it. Packed my bags, <laughs> went back home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know, seriously. Yeah, that's very true. A lot of people are wrapped. It's like when, that's why you see a lot of like D1 athletes that are from Canada come back because they get wrapped up in the I, name. Syracuse, Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky. 
like they get wrapped up in the name of the gear but they don't actually wrap up like the opportunity for you like you you're just going there because the gear you get in the name like you could, you want to be able to say oh i went to do i played for coach exactly King. exactly like are you getting burns are you actually, <laughs> are you actually like is there like actually space for you to actually like you know develop or are you just there just to get the gear of your red shirt like so many people, have, and that's the thing is sometimes with Canada basketball is that some so many men just have pride because they just want to go D one, but they don't actually. Like if you go to like a low D one school that no one knows about, and you're getting bare burns, bro, that's totally fine, bro. Like, at least you're getting there, getting the opportunity. But if you want to go to these big schools, like I said, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, and you don't get no burns, that's up to you too. But sometimes people just are like you said, so wrapped up in like the business of basketball and not actually getting better and actually seeing what's best for me. Exactly. Well. But uh, Nipperson, I I heard I know a little bit about your story, but the whole I don't really know the whole story. But how did you end up at Nipperson? <laughs> it was it was random. Like, so I was supposed to go to Windsor because like I was talking to their like recruiting coach, and then all of a sudden, a coach changed. You know, so I reached out to the coach. I'm like, yo, I know you're a new coach, but um. You know, give me a chance. Let me come show you. I know you, cause he already brought his guys over. I'm like, yo, I know you have all your guys. You know, give me a chance. Let me come show you. Coach Corey? No, no, um, Coach Chang at Windsor. Oh, okay. Because I was supposed to go to Windsor first, like with the other coach. But then when he when he switched, uh, Coach Chang went there. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Emailed him. I'm just like, okay, uh, you know, like, I still want to come there. You know, if you have me, let me come, like, show you that I can, what I can do. And then he's just like, oh, yo, you know, we already have, we have everyone that we need. We have all our players. And I'm like, damn, like, you know, like, yo, am I going to stay at home and not play ball this year? Am I going to, like, yo, what am I going to do? Just work? And then one of my, like, longtime coaches, Coach Bob Yosevic, you know, it's my guy. He's always been there for me. So he's like, um, he's looking at options. He's like, okay, you can go to, See Jep in um, like Quebec, Montreal, or he, he know he he knew Coach Corey uh, at Nipissing, and then he's like, okay, um, I'm gonna get you a tryout there. We're gonna go, we're gonna see, we're gonna just whatever you're thinking after, just let me know. So we went there, uh, training camp, you know, and I guess I did well. Coach said, yo, uh, I would like to have you, but right now we're going with Q as a starting point guard. You know, you can come work, work your way up. And I said, yo, that's all I need. Just give me a chance and I'm good. You know, he gave me a chance and here I am. <laughs> the most goaded chief story from the first friggin' training camp. My man, Jay Hill, love this guy. He's still my bro. But he is so good at talking that smack, man. Getting oh, there you go. So the whole game, first thing he does, finds chief, hunts him down, starts doing it. And the only thing chief said the whole game was points to the scoreboard after straight, like locking him up for no points. <laughs> That was one of the most legendary things I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like, yo, what? Like, bro, there's no way that this is my first time here and he's already coming after me and yo, we're up 10-0. So I'm, I'm looking at him. I'm like, yo, I don't know if you're a somebody or if you're, you know, like, yo, if you maybe yo, you drop buckets a lot, you do this, but yo, you don't do that on me. Like, yo, you're going to have to show me. Like, I don't care what I heard about you. You're going to have to show me live right here. And I guess I was playing good D and my team was up. So I just, I'm like, yo, come on, bro. Just look at the scoreboard. Like, there's no need for any of this. Just, you know, like, yeah. we won. You know, it doesn't matter what you have to say. We won, bro, you know? And then from there on, yo, me and him just became like, we're good. Like, you know, we're just 
That's my guy. He's funny too. <laughs> we oh, have yeah, funny yeah. stories. <laughs> it was sick. Yeah. And it was like you instantly got respect from like everybody that day, like yeah, just yeah. right away. That was like a statement move, man, to be honest. That was that's also one thing I tell the rookies, hold your own. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter, yo, if a fifth year guy, you're you know, you come in with first year guys, just yo, stand up for yourself. You know, you never never let anything go by. It doesn't matter, small, big, never let it go by, you know. You have to show that yo, you're that you're that person too, you know, because everyone comes from their high school they're a main player, you know? So what, I'm going to come to university, I'm, I'm just going to be like shy or, you know? Nah, show that animal in you too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So once you, you know, have that, have that incident with Jay Hill, like you said, you really gained the respect of all the guys on the team. I think you started, I think a couple of games um, in the first half of the season, the second semester, you became a full-time starter. Mm-hmm. So the first question I want to ask is just talk about that process and how hard you worked for people that don't know, obviously, because we were there, but for those who don't know, talk about your mentality and your process from, you know, coming as someone that no one really knows to starting. It was tough, but, you know, one thing I, I always told myself, I'm saying, yo, it's okay. Just stay down and work, you know? As long as you work, there's no way that you can't get better. You know, like, you have to, if, you if, say, if Q's doing this, yo, I got to do it. If Shannon's doing this, I got to do it. And more because yo, they're already they're starters. They're you know they're they're doing what they want to do. They're yo, they can take any shot they want. So I'm just thinking, I'm like, okay, if this is what they're doing, this is what I need to do, you know. And I take pride in defense, so I'm like, okay, yo, coach is gonna play me if I'm playing defense. So every day I just come to practice. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care what I have to do. Yo, if I have to elbow somebody, if I have to pull on Q's jersey, if <laughs> he would tell you, he was like, yo, I don't care. Like, I'm going to do it. You know, of course, cause a foul. Okay, but, you know, at least I tried. And then, yo, there's G every day in practice. He's yelling at me. He's like, yo, he's like, yo, what's wrong with you? He's like, yo, you don't, you don't, you're not hungry. You don't want to, like, you don't want to get in the game. You don't want to play. So I'm just like, every day I'm thinking, damn, I got to go harder. I got to go harder and harder and harder because, yo, like, Every every possession that I do something wrong, like it doesn't matter what it is. I do one thing wrong, I make the wrong pass, even if it's a good play, but it was a wrong decision. G's on me. Like it doesn't matter. G's yo, he's pulling my jersey. He's like, yo, come here. You know, he's like, yo, why would you do that? And I'm trying to explain to him. He's like, no, don't do that. Do this. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, okay. You know, like every day in practice, every day in game, he was on me. Every single day. So, you know, that just helped me start. I knew exactly what I had to do and I just did it. You spoke on it just now, but obviously we all love Jerese and obviously all our vets that year, you know, Jay Hill, Shaver, Jerese, the twins. Talk a bit about from your end, how pivotal it was for you to build those relations with those guys, which ultimately led you to be a team favorite. And obviously, you know, you played a lot. You first, you, obviously, you talked about the beginning in terms of, you know, your percentage wasn't the best, mm-hmm. but you did get a lot of playing time as a rookie. Now, not many people can say that. So just talk a bit about how pivotal it was for you to build those relations with the veterans on the team. Your first year. Maybe one of the most important things because they've been through it all. You know, Q and Shannon from going from not playing their first like first two years, maybe, but you know, they always work though. No matter what, they did what they need to do. And like I just take those points from them. Like, okay, you know, Jerice going from a, a high school superstar to you know, he's maybe he's not he's not doing that well in university, you know. You can learn from everybody. You know, Jay Hill, he's coming down, yo, he might drop 30 and a quarter, you know. So I'm just like, okay, like, yo, if these guys can do these things, like, 
all the seniors, they have like good, good points and good stuff. So I'm like, okay, let me just learn from everybody, you know, Shaver. I'm like, okay, how do you do this? Shannon, how do you do this? Jay Hill, how does this happen? You know, Q, how do you do this? And you know, and they're all like in practice that, yo, they will stop the play and be like, okay, yo, chief, you didn't use the screen properly. And I'm, you know, like, I'm not getting embarrassed. I'm taking it as a learning experience, you know, like they might cuss me out in front of everybody, but I'm like, oh, okay, you know, okay, that's what I gotta do to be better. Okay, I'll do it. You know, okay, perfect. Thank you. You know, like it's not, it's not no hate, it's just tough love. And I just, those most important things about growing and getting better in this league, in any league, actually. Yeah. Before I ask the death question, I'm curious. Did you have a welcome to the OUA moment? Like I know mine, but did you did you have a welcome to OUA moment? Welcome to the OUA. I I don't think I had a welcome to the. I I feel like it'll just be practices because yo there there'll be some days that some weeks that you wouldn't win a, a whole game in practice, and you see the other team celebrating. I'm like yo man, I gotta come back tomorrow and win like. There's some days I, I didn't even sleep because, yo, we lost every game in practice. I'm just like, yo, wow, like, is this how university is? Like, yo, let me, okay, back to the drawing board. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm at my first game, like, against Queens. Man, <laughs> <laughs> I told you those guys were running up and down. Yo. Track stars, I was like, what the? <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> no, like, I was like, I was tall enough, I was like, yo, like, there's a difference between like 215 teenage weight yeah. and 215 met like big yeah. man weight. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, especially just the, all I keep coaching, Tejan, run. I'm like, damn. <laughs> and then it was like, is that? And then the next game with obviously the little Mr. 100% debacle. But um, yeah, I honestly though, like, I think it was good. Obviously, it's been two years removed from my first year, uh, both our first year, but. It's really good because you look back and you say, like, okay, these are the things that I can get better at. It's not even on the court, but just like everything, you know, how to manage your school, you know, working out, like your mentality and all that type of stuff. So there was just so many things to take away from it. Like what you've been hearing so far? Make sure to follow us on IG at Lakers Locker Room and subscribe to our YouTube channel while you're at it, where you can find clips of all our episodes and video content associated with the podcast. Part two of the Lakers Locker Room starts now. I wanted to ask you this because, you know, we live together, so I see you, but um, like I see how hard you work. I see, you know, you're always trying to push other people, but everyone has their why in terms of why they play basketball, why they work hard. What's your why? Damn, this is a good question. What's my why? So basically my parents, you know, like, and everyone around me, I want to change everyone's situation around me. So like my parents, yo, they be working very hard. Like some days I'm sleeping, I wake up, they're at work. You know, like my mom goes to work, she come home, her back is hurting. I'm just like, damn, like, yo, I gotta, I gotta do something. You know, like, yo, you have to just work harder. My dad, yo, he, he'll work 12 hours here go to the next job, work another six hours. And I'm just like, I'm trying to tell them like, yo, you, you can't do that. You know, you gotta take care of your body. You gotta take care of your health. But then they're just like, how? Like, yo, how, how can we take breaks? Like we have to, you know? And during quarantine, like, yeah, I was home a lot. Like, I just see our situation. Like my parents are suffering, we're suffering. I'm just like, damn, like, yo, I really have to change that situation. Like, and I'm not gonna put it on no one else but me. You know, like I'm not gonna make no more excuses because truthfully, everything that I've done up to like January, 
has been like easy for me, you know, like first year going to school, like, yeah, I worked hard, but not as hard as I need to, you know? So, yo, during quarantine, I would just come home after work and just sit in my room for hours, just thinking, I'm like, damn, my mom should never have to come to work construction with me, walk up like 15 flights of fit stairs and come home, her back is hurting, you know? Like, yo, my friends should never have to come to my game. Like first year Laurier, my friends came to my game after the game, they called me, they're like, yo, like, what's wrong with you? Like, yo, what are you doing? You know, because, well, I probably had zero points. Like, I was, I'm on the floor just playing defense, running around, doing nothing. You know, so I'm just like, wow. Like, every day I would just sit at home, think for hours in my room, just think. I'm like, yo, wow, this, like, this is my life. Like, this is how my parents are living. Like, yo, this is how my parents are suffering. This is how everything is going on. And I'm just okay with it. Like, yo. I'm going outside, I'm having fun, I'm, you know, I'm enjoying my life. But then it's like, yo, what are your parents doing? They're at home, they're working, they're they're not taking no no breaks. They're, you know, every day they're suffering, they're in pain. And, you know, I, I look at them, I'm just like, wow, like, I gotta do something, you know? Like, I gotta do something. And, I, you know, I go on Instagram, I'm making all these big posts about, oh, I'm, I'm proud that I got here. I know it's not nothing, but I'm proud that I'm here. I'm just like, yo, bro, I like, I look at myself, I'm like, yo, you're a loser, bro. You're like, you haven't done nothing. Like, you haven't done nothing at all. Like, literally at all. Like, everyone around you still struggling. You know, people are doing, some people are doing good, some people are doing bad. But it's like, yo, like, you have to change it, you know? So I would just sit there and think for hours, think for hours, like, wow, like, yo, this is how it is. And this is what I have to do. So, yo, one day I just... I'm like, yo, fuck. <laughs> I'm like, yo, you gotta get it. <laughs> I'm like, yo, you gotta get it. So, yo, I was just thinking, thinking. And one day I just woke up like a whole different person. You know, I, I ended up losing 40 pounds in like two months. You know, I'm working on my shot. I'm working on everything, you know, because I know one thing about life is, yo, you gotta take care of your parents. You gotta take care of people around you. You know, everyone, I have a lot of people supporting me, a lot of people doubting me, you know, and I wanna make everyone proud. I So I just, all the thoughts that I was thinking, Put it on my back and I'm like, yo, let's go. Let's get it. I'm going all in. I don't care. I'm going all in. If there's anything I do, yo, I have to make it in basketball. I don't care. It doesn't matter. You know, like my parents should never have to suffer. My little sister should never have to suffer. Anyone around me should never have to suffer. You know, because and it's all because like I say it's all because I've been being lazy. You know, like, okay, yeah, I'm in university. Yeah, I'm starting, but yo, like, are you really working hard? Like, are you really working hard? You know, like yo. If Michael can, if Michael Jordan could do it, I could do it. If Kobe can do it, I could do it. You know, if Kyrie can do it, I can do it. If Nate Robinson can do it, I can do it. Why not? You know, all they did was work as hard as they never worked before. So yo, I'm just looking. I'm just thinking, like, okay, that's all I gotta do. And I just woke up one day, like, yo, I stopped eating junk food. I just everything, everything bad. I just stopped. Like, it's like I was a new person. I don't know. It's like just all those crazy thoughts. Like something just broke in me. And one day I just woke up like a whole new person. Like. I wanted to yo wake up at 6 a.m. and run. I wanted to do like 300 push-ups a day. Like I was just doing everything crazy. Everything I thought I, I could never do, I just, I'm like, yo, you have to do it. Like there's no, you know, there's no excuses. Like my mom doesn't make no excuses when she's going to work, she doesn't want to work, you know? My dad doesn't make no excuses. It's like, yo, okay, so why are you making excuses? Why are you going out and having fun? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? I said, no, you got to stay down and work. You know, you can have fun when your parent, my mom's chilling in a mansion. You know, my dad's driving a Lambo, you know? When I can call up you guys and be like, yo, like, yo, what are you guys saying? You guys trying to come to my my yacht, you know? Like, yo, I can call up G, be like, yo, I just got your, 
your daughter a gift, you know, a brand new Lambo or something like that, you know? And like, and that's what I was just thinking. I'm like, okay, in order to to get here, in order to to be the best, in order to get to the next level, because you know, I have big dreams, you know? So I'm just like, okay, all you gotta do is work. All you gotta do is work, work like you've never worked before. So I'm just like, okay, and how do I do that? You know, I'm like, okay, perfect. Figured it out, boom, and I just did it. Like, <laughs> there's no other, you know, there's no other explanation. It's just anything you think that you can't do, I just worked harder. I just worked harder. <laughs> and yeah, that's my why. I just, you know, my why is just, I wanna better everyone's life around me. You know, like no one should have to live life like this, no matter what. You know, one thing about life is you have to enjoy your life. Like you have to, you know, you just have to. You can't just every day you know, go to work, every day come home, every day do this. It's like, like that's like jail. You know, no one wants to struggle every day, go to work, come home, take care of six kids, do this, cook, clean, wow, wow, you're in pain. So I'm just thinking, I'm like, wow. Like, yo, look how strong my parents are. And I'm, I'm being lazy. Like I'm sleeping, you know? So I'm like, no, I can't do that. Let's get it. <laughs> Put everything on my back. I'm going all in, yo. I have no other option. So yeah, I really appreciate that you know, that perspective because I've said it many times. The beauty about the pandemic that it gave all of us a time to self reflect, and you exactly. you alluded to it by you know sitting home in your room. And I did the exact same thing, especially when it first started April 2020, when the season just ended and we were playing for a little bit and we didn't know what's going on. I was like, okay, like, man, like what's going on? Like what I gotta do? Like yeah, exactly. It's like damn. Yeah, like I actually like watched, I said like I watched full some of our full games in our first year now. I was looking at myself, I'm like, what are you doing? And then on top of it, with obviously with this all this stuff that happened with George Floyd at the time last year, it, it gave me another thing to put in perspective is like, yeah, like you're seeing all the things that's going on with your community. Like, are you doing anything about it? It's like, nah. So from that point on into like now, like I'm like, I'm with you. Like my whole mentality is different now. Like yeah. it's not, it's everything that I thought I knew I didn't know and everything that I neglected, I really put to the forefront, meaning that I really put everything to perspective, like you said, because this whole pandemic has shown us that just like that, like things can be taken from us. It's like, you, exactly. you think that you're so accustomed and you value everything out of your life, but then when the pandemic happened and everything was taken away, you're like, man, I really took this for granted. Like I really took, you know, going to movies for granted. I really took playing basketball for granted. I really took just spending time with like, you know, my grandparents for, uh, for granted, right? So. I'm really, I really appreciate that you really touched on everything in terms of the perspective because I'm with you too. Like, mm. man, especially being young, like you think, like you said, you think everything's going for you. You think the world is great. You think everything's going for you. When you, like I said, when you, you know, go home at the end of the day and you see, like you said, your parents struggling, it's like, man, is, is this like, is, it, is everything really good? Yeah, exactly. It's like, damn, like, <laughs> is this how we're at? Because, like, I was shocked because, yo, like, I've always been, like, taken care of. I've never been home a lot, you know, like, People take me out for like dinner or lunch, like after basketball and stuff. I have practice. But then when I'm I'm home, like during the pandemic, I'm just sitting at home and I'm just like watching everything that's going on, like really watching it. I'm just like, like, is it this bad? Like, damn, like yo, we should never have to do these things or live this way, you know? And I'm saying all of this because I hope everyone that watches this is like, yo, they they push me, you know? Like if you guys see me not working when I'm supposed to be working push me harder, you know, like get on me, you know, even rookies, I hope they watch this and, you know, they're on me too, you know, if I'm sleeping when I'm supposed to sleep in, get on me, you know, if I'm out when I'm not supposed to be out, get on me, like remind me, be like, yo, you know what you have to do, why are you, you know, why are you doing this, why are you doing that, so I just gotta go all in, man. Yeah, 
I also wanted to touch on something quick too before I ask another question. Um, I know, I know you said something in terms of you know you look at yourself like I'm a loser. I remember Shannon said something that's really true. Is that hey, listen, like, and someone also also told me the same thing in terms of you always got to celebrate the small accomplishments. It may not always mean like the big accomplishment, but hey, everything's a process. Like you know, you, we didn't. We're all we're all the same age. We're all about to be 21. Like, I turned 21 already, but but the point is, it's like yo, like we didn't just get here. You know what I'm saying? Like we had to go through trial. Every everyone here went through different trials and tribulations to get here, right? Like you went through your trials and tribulations with your family. I went through my trial and tribulation. Jason probably went through his trial and tribulation with his 27, right? Like we all went through different things. So even though it might not, we might not have gotten to the end goal, like you said, in terms of you know, getting your family out, getting the matches, stuff like that. Mm. The fact that you're at least in the right direction to accomplish that is an accomplishment in itself. Because we know so many guys, like we said, that are hoopers that are now, you know on the streets, gangbang, all this stuff. You know what I mean? So, like, just appreciating the stuff that God has put in our place and to say, like, yo, like, we're here. Like, we're on the right step. Like, I know I'm doing the right thing. Like, I'm actually trying to, at least I'm, we're thankful that we actually have this mentality to say, you know, I want to get my family out. Like, yo, I want to actually get my degree. You know, I actually want to go play professional basketball, whatever the case may be. So, Shannon said it, man. Hey, men need flowers too, man. Like, sometimes we just have to stop and actually appreciate what we've actually done because it's not easy, man. It's not easy exactly. going to university, especially when you come from, you know, marginalized communities like ourselves, Chief. Like, it's not easy with all the stuff that society puts on us as Black people, right? So, always, always. That. But it's it's also, like, just because people around me, like, they didn't make it to university, why shouldn't I, you know? Like, I'm not going to compare myself to people around me that's doing bad, you know? Like, I look at all the, all the you know, like, all the white people, like, yo, going to university is a regular thing in, in, in their families, you know? So I'm just like, why am why is it difficult for me just because I live here, you know? So like those small accomplishments, I'm just like, I'm supposed to do that. Like that's why I don't really like pat myself on the back for stuff like that. It's like, yo, I'm supposed to be here, you know? Like I'm supposed to do this just because I'm from here doesn't mean that I'm not supposed to be here. You know, it's like you're supposed to do this. Like this is a normal thing, you know, but people will look at me and be like, yo, oh, yo, yo, good job. You know, you're in university, you're, you know, you're staying out of trouble doing this. And I'm just like, yo, those are all regular things. Like, you're so, you're supposed to do that. So, like, I don't really look at those like, oh, good job. I'm like, yo, why are you telling me good job? I'm supposed to do that. But you're right, though. You know, you can't always be so hard on yourself because you actually have to yeah, sit back and think. It's like, wow. Uh, everyone around me maybe not be in university, but I am, you know, like you got to be like, okay, perfect. Some people are not playing basketball. I am, you know, so yeah, like it goes both ways. I hear you for sure. Yeah. No, 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 no I appreciate that. I, I do. It's, it's kind of coincidence because at the time as we're recording this, it's, um, it's Sunday. And I was like, I just did Sunday school today. And it was actually, the topic was actually strengthening your brethren. So basically we're talking about um, encouragement. So like one of the ways you can encourage people is like telling them, hey, you're doing good. And I was letting them know. And you talked about it just now. I was like, hey, like sometimes people need that encouragement. Like, especially yeah. in our community, you know, being African and like Caribbean, like mental health, for example, like people don't really talk about that stuff. So <laughs> sometimes people put up a facade. Just now I had an episode about this last year with the barber guys. Like people put up a facade that with all the stuff going in life that they're okay. Like my life is great. But then behind closed doors, they're a mess, right? So sometimes like reaching out and say, yo, like you're doing a good job or like keep doing your thing. Like it's the same thing with on our team, right? Like some yeah. man might score us go 0 for 9, but then like they locked up the best player on the t- on the other team and we're thinking, oh man, I played a bad game. No, I'd be like, bro, listen, you actually play good. Like things like that is like, okay. Like it's encouraging, you know what I'm saying? So that's what I mean by like, say, I totally respect your point, but it's like, I see what also Shannon was telling me too, that, hey, man, sometimes it's just men's new flowers, bro. Just take time to appreciate it. I think the pandemic really taught us that. 
Yeah, he's right. He's right for sure. Yeah, but uh, I know Jason was also going to talk about two on the lighter notes, but um, you started cutting hair. You know, you're doing your thing at the road cuts, bro. How did you get into <laughs> to cutting hair? Uh, I don't know. During the pandemic, you know, like I had a barber, but like he's kind of busy, you know? So I'm just like, yo, I can do it too. Like, why can't I, you know? Like, so that was kind of the mentality I was going through while like, training like working like working harder i'm just like everything in my head was like yo like why can't i do it you know and i just yo bought some clips started watching the videos on youtube you know i just i don't know i just got it and learned <laughs> and yeah now i'm working at uh rural cuts in north bay come out get a cut you already know <laughs> but yeah i don't know it was just like because me like i learned real fast so I don't know. I just got the clips. They're like, okay, do this, do this, do this. And I just did it. <laughs> That's pretty sick because, like, we talk about it a lot with the pandemic that came up. A lot of athletes, once that was taken out of a lot of people's lives, yeah. hit that identity crisis. What am I besides an athlete, right? And Asian talks about, you know, you have all this time to develop and, you know, get to know yourself. And part of that is figuring out well, what can I do? You know, what's something else I'm good at, another hobby I'm into, right? That's a great example. You know, it was it, this was a great time to actually learn a new skill or something valuable that you can do outside of your normal day to day life. So that's uh, awesome, Chief. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, like I we talked about it too, Jason. Like I said, I'll say it again. If you didn't come out of the pandemic with a new skill, you wasted your time. But there's so many things. <laughs> it's, it's serious though. Like Trace McGrady said that before like, yeah. on, a, on a TV show. Like, bro, like it's facts. If you if you didn't come out with a new skill or got better in some type of way, bro, what were you doing? For real, that's facts, though, because it's like, yo, you had all this time to do something. Would you do nothing? Like, damn. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. Like, bro, like, you're really going to take this golden opportunity to get better at something, and you're just going to sit there and do nothing? Like, mm-hmm. hey, like even, bro, I saw this guy at my uh, work. He started picking up painting, bro. Like, figurine paint. That's the sickest thing, bro. Like, you know, even the littlest things that you can learn on your spare time. Man. It's crazy because, like, yo, I never thought I'd be able to cut hair, like, you know? Yeah, pandemic time. <laughs> you got to do something. You know, you can't just with basketball gone. It's like, yo, who am I? Like, yeah. yo, well, what else can I do? Yeah, yeah. Like, just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like some Yeah, like some. We talked about some man's picked up like cycling. Some man's are some people doing yoga now. Like, I picked up video editing. Hence, I started TG Mix Production. Yeah. I started, and the funny thing, Jason, it started because of Chief. Yeah, it started. <laughs> As I told you, I'll never forget it. It was 12 o'clock in the morning. I'm about to go to bed. And she texted me. He's like, yo, like, um, I'm trying to like, do a mix or something. Like, you're trying to help me out. I was like, yeah, sure. Did his thing. And then, you know, honestly, this one I wasn't really that good. Like, it was okay, but it was like, he asked me. So then, I liked it, bro. It was tough. Hmm? It was oh, tough. I liked it. I appreciate it. Now, this year, though, <laughs> yo, oh, that's everything, too, before I continue, bro. I'm charging men at least 30 bucks for mixes. I'm being nice. But I charge for sure. For sure. I, I charge like 75 like now, like compared to last year. So I'm giving men's discounts. Like, you know how much work it is, especially what I do. Like, I make sure men are nice. But you make know. your money, bro. Charge us whatever you want to charge, bro. Trust me. Make your money. But anyways, yeah. So Chief, yeah. So once I made Chiefs, some of the people on the girls' basketball team asked you for tapes. And then I think uh I don't remember about G, but I remember G and I were talking and G was like, yo, like um, you should start making a business out of this. I said, Oh word. He's like, Yeah. So then his girlfriend Evie made the logo for me. 
And then I remember when as I was, I was first charging twenty five thirty bucks, and Chief uh, Drew's was like, "Yo, you charge." And same with Danny. Danny was like, "Yo, you charging too little, bro. Like you're actually good, bro. Like charge more." I was yeah. like, "Listen, like here's my plan. I'm trying to charge low at the beginning, get the audience, and as I get better, man, man, to come in. My plan worked, but like the point is like." That if it wasn't for Chief, I would not have developed TG Mix Productions. You can now, I do video editing, like I do Bear U Sports, but I do CBL players. Like that was my thing that I was able to pick up. Yeah. So I had, to, I had to shout out Chief, but that's, that's the story of how TG Mix Productions started, man. Bro, that's all you, bro. That's you. <laughs> you knew how to do it. I just, you know, I just like, yo, you could do this for me, but yeah. you already had it down, you know? Nah, but this year though, nah, the way, because that was, I was like, what was it like, it's, that was a few months. So that was like, oh, over a year ago, but now, I'm so much better, bro. The way the way I'm gonna do, man, nice this year, bro, man. F man to ask me. Don't worry, I got you. After this season, I need one ASAP, right, yo. Say we play a game on Friday, I need my mix by Sunday. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. Nah, we're good. Bro. But now nah, we talked about a lot today, man. But um, just based off everything we talked about today, like if people can get one message based off of your story, like your mentality, everything you've gone through, like what would it be? Leave them with two messages. One is that yo, you know, you gotta take care of everyone around you. You know, you gotta, you gotta make sure that everyone's okay. You know, no matter what you do, you know, you you, think you can't let people live their life doing stuff they don't want to do. You know, and the second one is yo, just work harder. You know, because I, I, like during the pandemic, a lot of people were like, oh, you know, my life this, my life that, but it's like yo work harder because you know anything can happen so as long as you're working hard you know you give yourself the best chance to be good in a good path for anything so yo, <laughs> work harder i appreciate that my guy chief here you go for coming on really appreciate it so now we're getting to our quick hitter segment so this is the part of the podcast where we ask our guests a question and to answer as fast as possible so jason got the questions ready oh uh, yep we're good to go all right there you go Chief, so first question. I think I know the answer, but who's your favorite artist? Yo, you know Kodak Black. A lot of people don't like him, but you know, <laughs> old songs are tough still, but he, Wait, I don't know, he's he, What are you saying? Favorite Kodak song? Skrilla. I don't know. That's Yo, banger, bro. Hardest song I've ever heard. It wasn't even no flocking for me. It was Skrilla, too. Hey, bro, that's got, they got to get that on SoundCloud and Apple Music, bro. It's only on, like, uh, or sorry, Spotify yeah. and Apple Music. It's only on SoundCloud. Yeah, on YouTube. You go on YouTube. Yeah. Trust me, I'm about to play it right after this. All right, Jason, next question. Uh, artist to song you have on repeat. Yo, Lil Baby's whole album, Lil Baby, Lil Dirk. Please. Favorite track on that album? Uh, please, for sure. Please, for sure. Ooh. Or 2040. Yeah, that's hard too. Oh, no, you're also the bank too. Lying. Oh, that's nice. You hear that one? I ain't hit it yet. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Yo, bro. It's a banger, so I hear you for sure. Yeah. Uh, Next question. All-time favorite album? I don't even know what to feel. Like, I just, me and music, yo, I just listen. I don't even know album. You know, mixtape, yo, I listen. I don't know. I don't have an answer for that one. All right. All right, Jason, next question for our uh, favorite athlete. Yo, you guys are giving me some tough questions. Um, I'm about to go with LeBron. He's just, like, not even about basketball, just, like, his body's just, yo, like, he's made in the lab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, next question. Uh, last show you binge-watched. Let me see. 
Oh, Manifest. I've been watching that on YouTube. I mean, on Netflix. Like, it's it's okay. You know, Netflix is not really much, but that's a pretty good show for now. Yeah. Next one's good. If you could spend a day with someone dead or alive, who would it be? LeBron, where you at? (laughs) 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 That's my guy. Right. Uh, we've never had pizza in the house, so this is the personal one for me. I mean, I won this last season, and uh, we started out the first episode on the right track. So I don't know his answer to this, but I'm asking. Do you like pineapple on your pizza? Bro, you you need pineapple on your pizza, bro. Come on. <laughs> Say what? I know. Oh, oh I, no, Jason. Oh no. I see, bro. bro. You know why? Cause we never. Oh, had yeah. <laughs> nah, trust me. It just you know it just. It just fits there nicely. Trust me. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I hear people. Some people say they like the sweet and salty. You know, you get to mix it both. Yeah. But I don't know, bro. It just tastes good. <laughs> Especially when um, you cook the barbecue sauce into the crust. Mm-hmm. The- Ooh, barbecue base. Jeez. Yeah, that the barbecue. Hey, different. I just. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen Tayshon do this or not, but I'm kind of curious too. Uh, I think he did. But milk before cereal or cereal before milk. I do cereal first, but I don't know. Tejan, I don't know what he does. This guy, yo, he, he, <laughs> he do all kind of crazy things with food. <laughs> I do milk first. I mean, cereal first for sure. For sure. Another way around. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Our next thing. Our next question. What's one thing people don't know about you? One thing people don't know about me. I don't know. I'm very like. I'm very open. Like I'm kind of close with. My friends, so like nothing about me is really hidden, you know. Like, what, I don't do know. what do we not know about you? We don't know about me, guys. Like me and Jason, maybe. What do we not know about you? Oh, I be watching some anime. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I be watching some anime, yeah, bro. Watching. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, question number ten. Top five point guards currently playing. <sighs> Top five. I'm not gonna give you no order. Yeah, no order. Fine. Kyrie, Curry, uh, CP. Other ones are tough. Um, I'm gonna just Lillard, Lillard, of course. Uh, Kyle Lowry. I don't know, but those those three guys, I don't know. They just hold them, you know. You gotta put Damian Lillard in there. Yeah, no, for sure. Lillard four. I I just think four. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but there's yo NBA. There's great point guards like on every team. You know, it's tough. Uh, next question: What's one skill you wish you were good at? One skill, hmm. maybe like playing an instrument. You know, like it's you know I see Tejan on the low mix. You know, you got <laughs> doing the piano. I mean, I don't know. It's just like music to be calming. You know, so I, I really want to do something like that one day, maybe. Yeah, when I was when I was in up up until eight, guys playing the cello. Cello. Yeah, cause we have strings. We have strings. If, if if my high school had it, I would have still done strings. I like playing the cello, but uh, no I was well, saxophone, bro. I was all you know jazzing out there. <laughs> Trumpet, but you know I wasn't really good at it. Next question, Jason. Uh, one. Oh, yeah, that was yours. Oh my god. Okay, this one's kind of complex. So. You're in an alternate universe, okay? It's the same you, but you're not doing what you're doing. What would you be doing? What would I be doing? 
So no basketball, no cutting hair. Yeah, I was saying like if you could do something else you wanted to do or like you know what I mean. If this wasn't the route you took in life, what would you be doing instead? Uh, I don't know. I'll probably be a, a, a teacher or something, maybe, or something else. I don't even know. Okay. <laughs> uh, final question. So some people struggle with this question just like Jason. So if you need to take time on this, take time on this. I know you're a music guy. If you could make a soundtrack of your life that describes your life, what three songs are you using? It's a tough one. Give me, give me a second. Um, I don't know. Just you know, like any songs that talk about you, or like how you have to make it out truthfully, and you know how hard you have to work. Nipsey, grind out my life, hustle, motivate. Whichever one you want to put, put there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever those, whatever one you just said. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's just. Cause there's a, like a lot of songs that talk about those things, you know. Like almost every song is about that nowadays. So, yeah, yeah. Started from the bottom. You got Nipsey again with Victory Laugh. I'm Lil Durk. Got some stuff. Yeah, mostly like Lil Durk songs because he has a lot of songs that talk about stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah. Past the Water, Past the Water would be like the third one. Yeah, that's when he just talks about like once he made it, you know, like he's just chilling, relaxing and stuff. Durk actually has a song called Make It Up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then that make it out too and then you know how it feels because like, you know like i don't know how it feels about like some stuff that they're talking about in there like there's a lot of stuff to talk about but like the yeah. stuff about struggling and stuff is like yo we, we know how it feels so make it out past the water and how it feels i guess okay but anyways that's all the time that we have so chief man thank you so much for coming on man it was a blast getting to have you on the podcast man we finally did it man finally did it thanks for having me you already know all in chief in the building. <laughs> I know, no doubt, man. I'm excited for the season, man. We back, so excited for right. back on the court, bro. See you guys August August second, you know. And that's a wrap on another edition of the Lakers Lock. I want to thank our boy Chief for joining us. You can find the videos anywhere on YouTube and listen to the full instrument all podcast streaming platforms. See you guys next week.